Fantasy Focus Football. It is Wednesday, September 20th. My name is Daniel Dopp, joined by Mike Clay and Field Yates. Today's show is presented by Geico. Switch to Geico, see all the ways that you could save guys. We got a bunch of stuff that we are going to talk about today. Mm. We got a lot of rankings that we're going to get into. We had a big waiver wire set up last night with a little bit of news that came out this morning we're going to dive into. Sure. Maybe a little board bet action. I don't know. We'll Uh-oh. find out how much we disagree on some of these rankings, but I want to lead into this. If you guys don't mind. I know we should supposed to do a banter back and forth. I got a phone call on my way into work today. My buddy okay. Kurt was like, hey, I listened to the show yesterday. So I went in and I put, I heard Field say, go out and spend 75, 80% of your budget on Jerome Ford. I did that. So he went out and he said, I put her an $81 bid. I, knowing that my friends listened to Field Yates for whatever <laughs> unbelievable reason was like, you know what? My friends are probably going to put in an $80 bid on this guy. So I had to put in an $85 bid on Jerome Ford in yeah, order to grab a lot, him. Field. That's a nice little deal right there for you. Was I the only one to go out and spend a massive amount of my fab on Jerome Ford last night? Nope. Mike, you want to go first? No. So I, uh, no. I had one okay. League, so Field, you one, can go. I had one league where he was available. I did about half of my uh, fab and... Uh, a buddy of mine beat me by three dollars. Wow, interesting. Yeah. Here's what I did, Kyrie, Daniel. So I'm okay. Here's what I did: is that there was one league in which Fab uh, budget, excuse me, which uh, the waiver system was run by Fab, and what I did was noting that yesterday on the show, I talked about somewhere between seventy-five and eighty percent of your budget would be worth it. Yep. On Jerome Ford. I got him for $81. Nice. I went Price is Right style, baby, figuring if anybody else in that league was listening to me, they're probably thinking like, oh, he's probably going to put 75 to 80 bucks down. Instead, I went 81. I stole him. So the- so Field uh, lies on the pot. He can't trust That's him. exactly what it is. Say, he, he's setting it up, so you yeah. got to go a little bit higher. So you, you expect actually- me to be a man of honor? No. In I fantasy I, football? Clearly not. Clearly not. <laughs> this you is a game of competition. Him, you said you valued him at 80%, and you val- actually value him at 81%. That's so correct. Well, you know up. what, Mike? Here's the difference between you and I. I always go the extra mile or extra 1% in life. That's what it is. As is the case on fab waivers. Field, right. I was feeling really good about sure. this decision to go yeah. out and grab Jerome Ford. And then this morning, I saw that Adam Schefter reported Kareem Hunt, per sources, is going to get a one-year, $4 million deal with the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. And, I, and I have a thought about this. Okay, you lead it off there. Yeah, Give me that go. thought. I want to not be nervous about this because all offseason long, mm. the Browns had a chance and they got the ability to look. Do we want to have Jerome Ford or Kareem Hunt on our team? Mm-hmm. And they made a decision. Mm-hmm. And it was Jerome Ford. Mm-hmm. But now... I'm starting to panic field because they still went out and grabbed Kareem Hunt. Talk me and all the other fantasy managers that just went out and spent so much of their budget on Jerome Ford off the ledge. And you just answer his own question. I was going to say, yeah. I mean, you sort of gave us the answer. You asked an answer there. Uh, the Browns did have, have all offseason to potentially re-sign Kareem Hunt yep. as their number two to play behind Nick Chubb. And they deemed instead that Jerome Ford was a superior option to be their number two back. Jerome Ford has played one game as not a starter, but like a large portion of the snaps for the Cleveland Browns. He turned that into over 100 rushing yards, three catches, and a touchdown, by the way. If you watch the game on Monday night, you know that the Browns' optimism and faith in Jerome Mm -hmm. Ford was thought out and probably worth it based off what we saw, even in that small sample size. Yeah. I actually really believe that there's a chance that what the Browns did in signing Kareem Hunt was basically bringing him back for the opportunity to play the role that he'd had 
last year in which Nick Chubb was still amongst the highest volume carry players in the NFL and was still a top 10 running back. So maybe it puts a little bit of a damper on this, just a tiny bit, Mike, but I will continue to have Jerome Ford ranked as somewhere between like RB 12 and 15 most weeks in fantasy. Yeah, I agree. I'd be more concerned about this if Jerome Ford played poorly. Right on Monday right. night, which yeah. he definitely did not. He looked awesome, had that long run as well down the left sideline. Sure. So uh, could this work into a, let's say Kareem Hunt looks good. He's playing well. Could it work into a hot hand sort of approach? Maybe. I guess that's possible, but I think it's unlikely for a couple of reasons. First of all, Ford playing well. Second, Hunt's been, hasn't been around. He hasn't been to training camp, anything. Yep. All yeah. offseason. And he had offers. He had opportunities to go mm-hmm. sign elsewhere. And yeah. I got the sense, typically... Now, things get messaged differently, right? Mm -hmm. Usually Mm -hmm. what happens publicly is the agent Mm -hmm. says, hey, you know, waiting for the right opportunity or, you know, has lots of competitive offers out there in the field. Yeah, Cam Akers has 19 suitors right now. Correct. (laughs) Oftentimes, what I think is the case is not necessarily that he has a bunch of offers that he's weighing because just as a reminder, every game that you don't play is a game check missed. Yep. Usually it's like, yeah, the offer hasn't been very good or the team hasn't been that impressed. They want to make a reasonable offer to this player. So my sense would have been that if something other the Colts felt like the workout with Kareem Hunt was so impressive, they would have made him an offer competitive enough to keep him around or in the case of the Saints, same deal. So I think there's a chance that, yeah, maybe Kareem Hunt looks kind of like the player he was last year, which was the worst that we have seen mm-hmm. Kareem Hunt in the NFL. That was my next point. Three uh, career lows in yards per carry and yards per catch last season. Uh, also, how old is Kareem Hunt? Uh, 28. He, he must 28 be years old. Oh, no. yeah. Over the cliff. Oh. It's over. Yeah. The feature back days are done. Uh, yeah, again, I, I agree with Field. And, and you, know, I think he's going to be a complimentary piece. He could see eight to 10 touches per game. It's possible. We saw Pierre Strong soak up a couple carries, yep. a, a target or two. He only played 11 snaps in that game. But of course, that was, you know, Nick Chubb played a quarter and a half. So uh, I think it'll be Ford. The main guy, he'll be an RB2. Yep. I think Kareem Hunt will get uh, some touches, but probably not be a fantasy Let me, can I, can I, by the way, take like, whether you want to call it a May culpa, whatever you want. Like I said yesterday on the show, anything is possible, but my sense was that the Browns were probably not going to go down this Kareem Hunt path. Mm-hmm. So listen, I was totally wrong, but I put my money where my mouth was by bidding $81 on Jerome Ford. Right. And I don't have buyer's remorse this morning. I still mm-hmm. feel good about this. I feel like he is the replacement for Nick Chubb. Here are a couple of things that I do want to note that could take a little bit of um, a little bit of shine off the situation. Why don't they play the Titans this week? Yeah. Yes, so Jerome Ford call. could yep. get out to uh, get off to a slow start. And you might be saying to yourself that I really need to spend $81 to acquire a player who could get shut down by the league's best run defense. Days will be better after they play the Titans. Like yep. better days will be ahead. Second of all, um, if they add another back, then things might get a little hairier, mm-hmm. right? And I don't think it's out of the realm of possibilities from what I've heard that the Browns could continue to add backfield depth. Mm-hmm. Don't want that field. Yeah, but it's not going to be like Jonathan Taylor, though. I mean, no, it won't be Jonathan be, Taylor. No, yeah, no, we'll it's not somebody see. that we're really. We wouldn't think. I feel like you don't so. want to expand, but I feel like a Leonard Ford at JT level player probably unlikely with. With Ford and Chubb there? Hold on. Are you, you putting put Leonard, Leonard Fournette and, and JT Jonathan in the same no, category? I, I just mean a player where they signed and you were like, well, yeah, they're probably going to have a role if they were we'll brought say, in. Yeah, I'm keeping my eyes on the possibility of a little bit more depth in Cleveland. Still, that being said, as we stand right here at 
Eastern a. time yep. a.m. Uh, on Wednesday, September 20th. I feel really good about Jerome Ford being the Browns mm-hmm. lead back for the rest of this season with some Kareem Hunt mixed in. I, I will just say uh, Leonard Fournette was drafted before Jonathan Taylor. I'm just saying. I'm just wow. Saying. I mean, wow. wow. Fourth overall pick. Yes. Yes. Yeah, right. Yeah, Taylor wrong. was the second rounder. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So just, there you go. Hey, just facts. Just Here's facts. a question. So uh, I'm totally with you, Field. I feel the exact same way because of the way that I led in that conversation. I don't have buyer's remorse on this Jerome Ford situation. Mm. I do want to know because we have talked about I went out and dropped Kareem Hunt already because I didn't know what mm-hmm. if he was even going to sign with the team. At this point, let's say you're in a 10 team league. Yeah. Is Kareem Hunt someone that you need to add in a 10 teamer? I think it's a worthwhile add. Yeah, because with well, how thin running back is. A couple of reasons. Running back's really thin. Yes. Second of all, while I am very confident in Jerome Ford being the RB1 in Cleveland, there's a non-zero chance that Kareem Hunt is eventually the lead back in Cleveland, right? I'm not counting on it, but it's possible. It's possible. Yep. So I think he's a worthwhile add to stash on your bench right now in 10-team leagues. Yeah, there's a huge pot of players who are worthwhile, like end-of-bench stashes. Yeah. A lot of, uh, like Jerome Ford was one of them, right? Yes, he was. Uh, kind of them upside insurance running backs. And I would put Hunt in the category with like the young receivers, like will they, won't they, yep. Jonathan Mingo, Marvin Mims sort of guys. You leave on the end of your bench if they suddenly get a big boost and roll, maybe they're fantasy starters. So I put him in that category. It's not a must hold, uh, but he's an end of bench. I'll tell you what, though. Yeah. If my leagues are any indication, he is going to be added in every league. I went in last night and there was just one of the 12 leagues that I play in that Kareem Hunt was not already rostered. One of 12. Mm -hmm. Now, some of that was because people added Kareem Hunt the minute Nick Chubb got hurt on Monday night. And because he wasn't on a team, you could do that. Uh, Yes. And some of it was because people had just added him prior to the beginning of the season, thinking maybe that Mm -hmm. Indianapolis deal came together. Now we have some clarity in the landing spot. What we don't right right now know is exactly what that role is going to be in Cleveland. Yep. All right. Man, huge day. What a what a roller coaster for me spending $85 waking up to find out Kareem Hunt just signed 12 hours later. This like is fantasy it's, football. That's Jerome, how it works, Jerome man. Ford, Kyron Williams, Puka Nakua, yeah. Josh Reynolds is like totally. a wide receiver one. Oh, like, this I love is it. Life and fantasy football. All right, Ky- so let's Kyle talk about Branson. it. Have we talked about Kyle Branson, Branson did some uh, some really cool baby photos oh, with his first awesome. touchdown. That was, was hilarious. Yeah, that was, was fun. Cool. Yep. All right, let's get into our week three rankings reaction brought to you by Geico. Switch Geico, see all the ways that you could save. And we're going to start at the quarterback position, Field Yates. Yeah, so what we did yesterday is Mike asked us, I think on the show last week, like, hey, mm-hmm. when you're going through the initial projections, flag players that stand out to you for one reason or another. You and, did that, and it was very fun, by the uh, way. Yes, yeah, so, so I got ahead of the curve there. You're welcome. Uh, Mike, though, will be the first to tell you that how his projections line up is not exactly how his rankings are going to line up. Even Mike defies his own metrics occasionally, often, all the time. I would say within like two to three spots. Sometimes okay. I feel a little bit more confident in a, in a player. Sure. And, and again, if you're if the look, the projection... I'll admit this. They're not going to be 100. Like, I can't factor <gasps> everything into a projection. So they're not going to be 100% on wow. the money. You know, I know, right? So do we need to consider whether you should ever be on the show again. Yeah, seriously. This is something to evaluate now that I've admitted this. Yes. Okay. Okay. So there's an old football <laughs> saying, and we'll get to the, we'll get to the stuff here in a second. But Bill Parcells used to talk about this all the time. He'd say one wrong, all wrong. And the point was, if I ask you to do something and you get it wrong, mm. Every time going forward, if you come in and say, no, I promise you it's right, how is, how is he supposed to trust? you got to earn that trust back. So maybe, maybe you should consider a career pivot. Okay. All right, I will. Um, I would say this week, Brandon Johnson on Denver's projection is 
Uh, 31.2. So you should start him. Just start him. That's, right I, that's, not wow. wrong. that's okay. what you should do. All right. What will be your so next career if it wasn't fantasy football analyst? Uh, uh, fake NASCAR driving? If that, yeah, I Professional that. I bowler. I'm bad at that, though. Not yeah. bowling. Um, I would say uh, a Disney World plan, uh, vacation planner. Yeah. I'll bet you, oh, wow. honestly, yeah, you would that. be really good at that because you've done it so much. He knows all the ins and outs, the I tips and tricks. Like, he's this guy could set you up. All right. Speaking of setting you up, though, guys. What are we talking about again? That was a professional segue. Hey, oh, yeah. Let's oh, yeah. talk anyway, about backs, my, yes. Wait, hold on. Really? Let me finish my thought. So, again, sure. sometimes the projection's like off by 0.1 or 0.2. Sometimes. And I'll feel like, okay, you know what? I feel a little bit more confident in the guy with a lower projection. I'll bump him up, but that's, yeah. that's pretty much the max. So you're never going to have a guy that's like three points apart. Uh, everybody's within the vicinity. So, so let me start with my first question mark then from the rankings. It was Trevor Lawrence who was ranked okay. fairly low against the Houston Texans. All right, Mike, are we still at the point where the Texans are not allowing receiving touchdowns because teams were just gashing them on the ground so much? Uh, I don't know yet. It's too early to say, but they were really good against Lamar Jackson. Yeah. They were good against Gardner Minshew when he came in last week, but Anthony Richardson had no trouble. You know, yeah. he didn't do much through the air, but he obviously ran for didn't two touchdowns. To. So yeah. I guess that was on the ground to your point, right? So what, the, what have they allowed? Two passing touchdowns in two games? So uh, off to a good start. Did Lamar throw correct. one? Correct. Uh, Lamar did. Yeah, I don't know if he threw one. one maybe not. One. Maybe he didn't no, throw he did one. Not. And then yeah. uh, Minshew threw one. So that's it then. So maybe they are still good against the pass. Okay. So I was. So I still have Trevor Lawrence as quarterback ten. I think I'm just not comfortable. Like if I drafted him, benching him this week. Mm-hmm. But here's an interesting nugget that's going to make me sound like a moron. But this comes from our researcher today, Matt Willis, who notes that Trevor Lawrence has 29 starts since the start of 2021. That he has been held under 20 fantasy points. That's the most in the NFL. Would you have guessed that? Most in the NFL? Most, no. Yeah. no. So you got to factor in a couple things there. Obviously, there are players that haven't made at least you know as many starts as mm-hmm. Trevor Lawrence yeah. has, right? You've got players that are either newer on the block, rookies and second-year players, plus guys that have been injured, whatever the circumstances may be. But are we convinced that Trevor Lawrence is yet a high-ceiling player might be the question that you'd mm-hmm. ask if you saw that stat without any other context. Mike, didn't we? Didn't you talk coming into this offseason that Trevor Lawrence was very boom-bust, he had sure a was. bunch of single-digit outings? That whole outings. offense was, yeah. Kirk was, uh, last year, Zay Jones was, Ingram really was, Lawrence yeah. was. That was the nature of that offense last year. Uh, I will say this about Lawrence. In his defense, last year, he was just inside the top 10 in pretty much every passing and rushing category among quarterbacks. Yep. This year... Just inside the top ten in every in pass attempts and <laughs> yeah. rushing attempts among quarterbacks, it's pretty much the same. Uh, a little disappointing last week. We thought that might be a high scoring affair. Obviously, at a terrible fantasy day, was better in week Awful. one. So I think for now, in this matchup, a game where they their favorites be able to run the ball. Might not be as much pass volume. I think he's a, a fringe QB1. Okay, that I, works. I agree with that. Even though I've got him at quarterback 12, he, I'm not trying to go out and replace him with a guy on the waiver wire this week. I'm still rolling with Trevor Lawrence yeah, if I drafted him. I mean, we had him like QB7 coming in the season. We're bumping up Richardson. We have Kirk Cousins with a great matchup. It makes sense that yeah. he's down a couple spots this week, assuming you're... Fair enough. Assuming someone like Joe Burrow is playing as well. What about Anthony Richardson field, Yates? Are we at the point, we talked about it last week, and you went through this whole rigmarole. If I drafted Anthony Richardson and he's my quarterback too, I'm at a spot where, actually right now here in in week three, you've got a really good trade chip in Anthony Richardson. I think now is the time you got to start figuring out, am I going to move him if if he's my second quarterback? If you don't have a second quarterback... Is he just a must-start for you at this point? He sure is close. Uh, Worth noting, of course, that he remains in the concussion protocol as of right now. Uh, It's possible that Shane Steichen will have an update by the time you hear or watch this podcast. 
and it will run counter to what I just said. But from the moment that we were having this conversation or at the moment we're having this conversation, he does remain in concussion protocol, but it's getting darn close because as far as rushing efficiency, he is the most efficient rusher in practically the entire NFL right now. Mm -hmm. He's not just great on the undesigned runs where he can scramble, take off and make something out of nothing, but the Colts are legitimately using him as a design rusher, he's already had two touchdown runs in basically five quarters of play on quarterback draws. So if they're going to continue to rely upon him from the 10-yard line and in, it's hard not to think of Anthony Richardson as close to a lock-it-in starting quarterback week in and week out. This will be the toughest test he's faced with that Baltimore defense. Even an undermanned Baltimore defense is just a freaking dominant unit. They showed it last week against the Bengals, but I've got him as a quarterback six for the week here. I am fired up about the prospects of Anthony Richardson. Yeah, QB seven this year. He's only played 63% of the snaps. Crazy. So that shows you yep. what uh, he could potentially do. I will say this. The plan here for the Colts seems pretty uh, pretty obvious out of the gate. Uh, they're, throwing, they're calling pass a lot. They're yep. the seventh pass heaviest offense in the league adjusted for game script. That includes the, the Gardner Minshew uh, plays, but also when he was playing, it was the same idea in week one. Uh, but it's also... See a camera right there? It's like five yards in front of us. Don't throw it past that camera, sir. You're allowed to throw it in this range, and that's wow. it. Yeah. The lowest average depth to throw in the NFL. Really? Like he makes, he's making Alex Smith look like Tim Tebow so far, right? It's all wow. all short-range throws. Uh, as a product of that, the, his yards per attempt is very, very low, uh, one of the lowest in the NFL. So um, that's their plan to kind of protect him from turnovers, I think, so yeah, far. And it's, it's working, plan, right? so I don't yeah. know if that's going to change yet. We'll see how teams sort of address and adjust to him, and then we'll see if he flourishes in fantasy. But I'm with you. For now, uh, he is a mid to back end QB1. I want to ask you guys this question. What happens with Anthony Richardson? And maybe this is a better If Jonathan Taylor comes back and plays for this team, and maybe that's the big if, right? Do you think that there's any goal line usage that would change for Anthony Richardson, understanding he's got a top five running back rather than allowing those designed runs? Or is he going to keep doing that Jalen Hurts thing where he's going to be their goal line package for the Colts? I mean, we saw Zach Moss play a very Jonathan Taylor-like role last week. He found the end zone, as did Anthony Richardson. So I'd say that the impact on Jonathan Taylor is like fairly close to net neutral for mm-hmm. me. I wouldn't say it's like a decided advantage to have Richardson or a decided Doesn't disadvantage feel. to okay. have Anthony Richardson. Exactly what I was going to say. We saw Zach Moss use just like we expect Taylor to be used. Yeah. I'm with you. All right, let's talk about a couple of running backs that have been really disappointing. Mike, Josh Jacobs has yeah. been awful through two weeks. Nine carries, negative two yards yesterday, yesterday mm-hmm. on Sunday. Is there a chance that he can have a bounce back week here against the Steelers? Yeah, I think he'll bounce back. The rushing has been terrible, but he does have 74 receiving yards. It's fourth most among running backs. Also, he's played 78% of the snaps and has an 18% target share. Both of those are up from last year. His share of the carries is down a little bit, but otherwise, you know, we thought he might be limited early in the season, but well, his snaps are actually up. He's uh, the only reason why he's been limited is because he's getting tackled before he can even get back to the line. That's of right. That's that's offensive I mean, line I mean because he missed so much offseason time, we thought maybe play like half the snaps sure. for a few weeks. That has sure. not been the case at all. He's been on the field. Uh, also, I mentioned this on Monday, but uh, only 39 offensive plays for the Raiders this past week. That's the low one of the lowest we've seen in the NFL over the past five seasons, actually tied for the lowest. That's a fluke. They're going to run closer to 60, 65, 60 to 70 plays plays most weeks so tough start for Jacobs but the usage the volume is the key I think going forward he'll have better days yeah one of the biggest red flags right now for Josh Jacobs is what Daniel was alluding to which is the yards per rush before mm-hmm. contact and the question is can that change 
an offensive line doesn't tend to just get better overnight. Yeah. Uh, this week three matchup might be a good matchup, though. If you look at the raw numbers for the Steelers, they have obviously yeah. been carved up on the mm-hmm. ground in two games so far. Now, they faced off against the 49ers and the Browns, two of the best run gain schemes in the entire NFL, and they have been particularly bad after contact. Yeah. So after first contact, so it feels like they just haven't been tackling nearly well enough in Pittsburgh. So perhaps today is a, uh, this week is a better week for Josh Jacobs. But uh, yeah, there have been some pretty disconcerting signs through the first two weeks. That being said, like there are quite a few of those running backs that have been in the top 15 that other because of injury or because of usage or because of efficiency have not quite lived up to expectations so far. Yep. All right, let's move ahead and talk Alexander Madison because field... Hold yes. on, though. All right, hold on. I got a, I got a, I got a finger. A you guys couldn't okay. see it, but yeah, I got yeah, a quick no, hold on for a second. You know let's, just, let's just, I go back and forth on this, and this is going to get serious here for a second. Okay. There are often times where we are made aware of people going on social media and spouting off at players and crossing mm-hmm. lines that are so obvious that it's unfathomable that they could cross those lines. Some players opt to share them. I'm sure there are many others that opt not to share them because it could be viewed in some ways just amplifying nasty people. And so part of me thinks, you know, is it even worth bringing this up? Because what I do know is that I do think that on social media, oftentimes, and I think this, this also applies to like fans inside of a stadium. It's a really tiny percentage of people Mm -hmm. that create a perception of a fan base uh, or fan bases uh, to be much more negative and outlandish than it actually is. I know that right? well as an Eagles fan. Yes. Yeah, totally. I, I've always, you know, Philadelphia fans are extremely passionate. Are there some that have crossed the line in instances in the past? Of course. Of course. But for the most part, it's an incredibly dedicated, passionate fan, uh, fan base across all four sports in Philadelphia. So on this Alexander Madison situation, as he shared some incredibly vulgar mm-hmm. stuff that was said to him after yeah. last Thursday night's game, part of me is like, you know, don't bring it up because you're only amplifying the idiots who are crossing lines where they should never cross. Then I thought about this is that like part of what I think is so fun about what we do every single day is we are on this silly podcast for an hour. We talk about fantasy football. Hopefully we get a lot of stuff right. We're going to get some dumb stuff wrong as well. But what we can all agree upon is that we're doing this for one reason, one reason in particular for the fun and the love of the game. I would love to win all 12 championships in the 12 leagues that, leagues that I play in this season. There's also a chance that I win zero of them. The difference is between me and hopefully some of and I think all of us and these people that are crossing these lines is that like just a game, man, yeah. like we're doing mm-hmm. this for fun. So I don't think that the people who listen to this podcast are the kind of people that are going to go out and say something to their favorite players, but Maybe go the other way here. Maybe that's like the lesson learned is that like, maybe just appreciate these players a little bit more, right? They're humans like we all are. Mm -hmm. Let's take a moment to appreciate these guys and appreciate the fact that we get to watch them every single Monday, Thursday, and Sunday night. So I I felt like uh, at some points it was worth addressing just how ridiculous some of this stuff is. But like, if you're disappointed in Alexander Madison's production, your fantasy roster, play somebody else. Pretty simple. Not his fault. He's not, he's not, he's not, not trying, right? Mm-hmm. Like the guy's working his butt off to be a great player. And through two games, it hasn't been a great result, but you know what? That's sports happens yes. all the time. Yeah. yeah. And this also goes for when you, when a player has been reported out and you can't put him on IR yet, same kind of thing. We don't need, you don't need to be uh, no, jumping in our DMs telling us that, you know, we got like, some comments last week. I don't get it either. I'm with you. I'm with you. Anyways, I just, like, let's try to let's use whatever platform that we have and let's hope that it extends to the people that listen to this podcast. Just like remember this is about some fun and remember to appreciate these players a little bit because mm-hmm. they are still humans. And by the way, we've seen guys start really slow 
and then turn things around and be awesome players for the majority of the season. Yep. So uh, if you're going to cross that nasty line, which you never should, like be prepared for the turnaround because despite how little production there has been so far for Alexander Madison in the Vikings running game, maybe better days are ahead. Yeah. This is a player who's got a really useful role in a very, very good offense. Perhaps at some point he looks more like the player we hope for coming into the season, which is why we're talking about him right now. Speaking Mike, of which, yeah, yeah. This I was going to say I'm highest on great matchup. Yeah. Right. Against the chargers, chargers yeah. defense have given up 63 points in a league worst 438 yards per game. Mm-hmm. Is this just like we talked about with Josh Jacobs? Is this a get right game for Alexander Madison? Yeah. Fix me game. You mean fix me. Game. Sorry. I mean, to fix me. Yeah. Game. Fix yeah. Me. Right. Uh, yeah, slow start so far, 83 yards and a, t- and a touchdown through two games, but he has 25 touches. The key really is how often he's been on the field, which has been, in terms of carry load and target share, higher than Dalvin Cook last season. And remember, wow. Dalvin Cook appeared in every game, almost 80% of the carries and 11% of the targets so far for Madison. Also, getting work near the goal line, 1.8 expected touchdowns is 10th most, or 10th highest, excuse me, in the NFL. So in terms of volume and high-value touches, He's getting them so far. Yeah. Uh, I think there's reason for optimism. He gets back on track in a good matchup here against the Chargers. <laughs> just a quick race. update, by the way. No, no, no. I, I'm a little lower on it. Just, mm. I mean, it's a good matchup. I certainly am hoping he gets back on track. I have accounted for just how ineffective the offensive line has performed up to this point. By the way, they placed their backup left tackle, who had been playing in place of Christian Derrissaw, on yeah. IR today. So it is certainly uh, an offensive line that is looking for some answers. That's why they signed Dalton Reisner uh, just a couple of days ago. Yeah, it's disappointing. I thought they have a really good underrated O-line this year, but they're all hurt. <laughs> they're they're right all now. hurt. Yes, they are. Um, I should note that uh, just moments ago, Shane Steichen, the Colts head coach, said that Anthony Richardson remains in concussion protocol. Mm-hmm. He is not practicing today. Okay. okay. Good to know. Thank you, Field. Let's talk about James Cook. Last week, James Cook looked fantastic. Yeah, over a hundred yards on the ground, involved in the passing game. He's kind of looking like the guy that we were hoping James Cook was going to look like. Now he takes on what is going to be a tough commanders team. I still have him as a starter. In fact, I've got him as running back 13 because of the volume that he saw in this offense and the explosiveness. You just watch him get the ball in his hands. He is so much better than every other running back in that running back room. He is still an RB2, even though it is a tough commander's defense for me this week, Mike. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm going to, you're right. The, he looks good so far coming off a big game. Here's why I'm a little bit lower than you. Oh, I have an idea. What? Can I guess? Was it the number of snaps they played last week and how that no. was going to? No, they, they, they played a ton of, <laughs> but they did play so many snaps last week yeah. that even though James Cook's usage was so good, it was also because there was opportunities for him to play a ton and Latavius Murray. And Damian Harris, Harris played a lot last week. But here's the thing. I'm going to ask you guys a question. Okay. How many career... This is a dad joke? This is not a dad joke. Okay. How many, uh, how many cooks are in the kitchen? No. Uh, how, many, uh, how many career carries does James Cook have inside the seven-yard line? Inside the opponent's seven-yard seven line? Seven-yard line? I'll go with three. Is a trap question. I'm going to say... Zero. I'm going to say four. Three. Zero. What, zero? He has never yeah. carried the ball inside the opponent's seven-yard line. It's amazing. Which is incredible. Only two even inside the 20 this year. Wow. Two. So uh, they have turned to, uh, check this out, 0.6 expected touchdowns for Cook this season is seventh on the team. Uh, Damian Harris, Latavius Murray are both at 1.3. They, they, both, they both have two carries inside the five. So it seems based on last year and this year. He's a between the 20s back that they're not going to use him there. And that worries me. If he scores three or four rushing touchdowns this season. 
I'll say this That's though. That's going to limit his upside. That, and again, still an RB2. But yes. is he an RB1? I, I don't know about that. So I, I, I can be with you on that. The pass, even though he's not getting in the end zone, the pass catching usage that we haven't seen from a Bills running back is part of what gives me a little bit more yeah. hope here than in the past. But I totally get what you're saying, and that's not a thing that I wanted you to say, so appreciate it. Thanks yeah. for that, Steph. Uh, you're, wel- you're welcome. You're right. Ten targets in two games is great. If that pace keeps up, he'll be fine. But I'm pessimistic that will keep up just because of the way Josh Allen plays. All right. Let's talk about Zay Flowers. Zay Flowers has looked really Let's good. give him his flowers. Hey! Uh-huh. Honestly, if, did you guys know that we're back up top five for comedy podcast? Hashtag After that joke, podcast. now we're going to be top three. Hey, yeah. What was your joke? Bees? A bees, oh a bees show? From Sunday? Yeah. Bees. Well, everyone watched that. Do I have to repeat it? Let me tell you again? Uh, no, no, no. It's okay. I, I think you, I'd, I'd rather Once be so back here. Once was enough again. for me. If you yeah. want to hear the dad jokes, you've got to watch <laughs> FF now, Sunday mornings. We saw these Ravens get Mark Andrews back. That was one of the things. We saw a ton of Zay Flowers in week one, in part because there was no Mark Andrews there, right? Yeah. Then we got Mark Andrews back in week two. Zay Flowers still was involved in this offense. OBJ, we were told, got banged up. Sounds like he's going to be all right. Probably mm-hmm. will play here in week three. If you're looking at Zay Flowers field through three weeks, of the, or I guess through two weeks of the season, how are you approaching him going into week three for your fantasy lineup? Well, first of all, do you guys hear OBJ may have a new love interest? Oh, yeah? Yeah, no. that's what Ooh. the internet's telling me. Seriously? Kim Kardashian. I don't know. That's what the internet's saying. <laughs> wow. Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift, news. OBJ. Yeah, I'm, I'm stunned that. by that. What's the next Mike? one? Uh, I don't know. I got nothing. Who's like the next most famous person you know? Not like uh, no personally, but just like your name. Oof. Uh, Max Verstappen. I don't know. Yeah, Max Verstappen. <laughs> is he famous? Does that count? I don't know. Uh, he is famous, yes. Um, not quite as famous as Kim Kardashian, but pretty famous. Or Taylor Swift. Yeah. But I know famous. more about Max than I do, Kim. So it's Mike, all that's why in, you're I, a gem. It's all in the Sophie Turner's um, getting divorced from Joe Jonas, so I, I think that see could that. be a yeah. thing that could I, be. Yeah, we're going to work our way up the entertainment charts. That's, yeah. that's, that's right. Yeah. Oh, look at that. <laughs> um, I got Zay Flowers as wide receiver 30 this week. Okay. I, uh, I would say that... Uh, Let's play then. Yeah, um, this one. So five targets last week after 10 in week one. I would say that this one more than anything comes down to just like of the players that we are ranking around this region, he has comparable volume, but better talent. The guy's just a freak, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, he's one of the most explosive and exciting players to watch in the NFL already. Last week made this insane catch on a ridiculous dot by Lamar Jackson. So I am sort of betting on the upside here of Zay Flowers wide receiver 30. Mike and you both at what six spots lower at wide receiver 36. Yeah, yeah. I love Zay Flowers still. I don't even want to be six spots lower. Yeah, but me too. Uh, wide receivers good. deep. That's yeah, what it is. That's, that's exactly right. Also only five targets last week in the in a game OBJ left, which pushed me the wrong way. He does have three carries though this season, which helps uh, his touches a little bit. Also Colt's second most fantasy points to receivers. In mm-hmm. your defense, so maybe there's I mean, something anytime there. Anytime you can early, throw the ball to Nelson Aguilar, right? He went crazy this past week. I didn't love he that. Did, yeah. Didn't love seeing that. I think yeah. I saw that of his, he went like, what, five catches for 64 yards on like the touchdown? Got in the end zone. On, yeah, 14 snaps. <laughs> yeah. yeah, unbelievable. <laughs> Don't want it. Let's talk about Puka Nakua, guys, because everyone has been talking about Puka Nakua. Now here we are in week three. Mike, how high is too high for you to rank him? No such thing. I mean, he's, yeah, he's a he's the number two scoring fantasy wide receiver. He's a 40% target share. Yeah. Uh, you know, we don't expect that going forward, but uh, you're getting, you're just picking it apart if you if you rank him lower. I mean, I, look, I know the Rams have run the most snaps in the NFL. That's going to come down as well. The target share is going to come down. We could pick and pick, but he can afford to lose volume and still be a, a wide receiver one. So um, I will say this is going to be probably his toughest challenge. The Bengals have allowed the fewest fantasy points over expected to receivers so far this season. We'll see how that works out. But for now, I mean, what 
You start him. He's on your team. You start him right well, now. Field and I have him at wide receiver five, and you've got him at wide receiver six. So we're just oh, wondering why you don't wow. like Puka. Let well, me ask those this. of you in one team leagues have a decision to make. I've them. been asked this question a lot, and it's one that I've thought about myself even before it was asked to me. When Cooper Cup returns, what do you expect the role mm-hmm. for both Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua to look like? Do you expect that when Cooper Cup returns, Let's, and I'm not talking about like returns and Sean McVay says he's going to play 30% of the snaps his first week back. Like I'm assuming that at some point Cooper Cup will be Cooper Cup will be fully healthy. When he is a fully healthy Cooper Cup, given the emergence of Puka Nakua and Tutu Atwell, do we think the ceiling is still as high for Cooper Cup as it has been in the past? And if so, what do we think the role is for Puka Nakua? It's a tough call. I, I don't know if I have a great answer for you. I really don't know because could Did I just stump Cooper the Schwab? Cup, Maybe could, could uh, Cup just You're welcome? Step, <laughs> could, uh, well, I will say this right now: Coop, uh, Nakua and Tutu Atwell are fantasy starters on top of Kyron Williams being an elite fantasy running back. Yep. So, could there be room for Nakua and Cup? Yes, I think so as fantasy starters. But there's no doubt that Cup's not, Cup's not going to come in and have a 10 percent target share. It's probably going to be 20 to 25. That's going right. to take away from these other guys. And well, I will say this: for as amazing as Puka Nakua is, he's been absolutely sensational. It's weird. Like, I'm going to say this, and it's going to sound like a shot at Nakua, and it's really not. It's like, just, just don't forget just how absolutely absurd Cooper Cup is. And I'm not talking about just in terms of volume. Like, the guy's skill set is off the charts good, right? And one of the things that Cooper Cup has always done a great job of, small sample size for Nakua, but he always finds the end zone. Zero and a touchdown mm-hmm. so far for Nakua, which, of course, I'll probably have four on Monday night now that I said that. But Cooper Cup is still so good. Like, I have a hard time envisioning a scenario that a fully healthy Cooper Cup is anything other than like a top six wide receiver weekly. But maybe Nakua goes from like wide receiver six on our board this week to maybe like wide receiver 20. Mm-hmm. Seem reasonable when they're back. Yeah, I think that's definitely reasonable. But uh, I would not I'm be you. in the business of if you, like, if you can get something that you absolutely need because your team is floundering, I don't think you need to trade Cooper Cup right now. Like, because I've been asked that, like, should I trade Cup right now at the idea that like he might have more value when he that he might have more value now in the hypothetical than he will when he actually returns. Now I'm in the business of holding Cooper Cup if you can, unless you're absolutely getting you're zero and two and you're the worst team in the league and you need to win desperately this week and there's a good offer available. I would be holding Cooper Cup. Yeah, where is no? Where does Cooper Cup do the majority of his damage? Slot. So Puka Nakua has six point seven fantasy points out of the slot this yeah, year. Yeah, he's playing yeah. outside. Yeah, right? Reynolds has been in the slot. So the yeah, idea I, to me, this feels like a like a potential Robert Woods Cooper Cup kind of a split like we've seen mm-hmm. in the past. Yeah. That's how I like. I don't want to move Puka Nakua. I don't want to move Cooper Cup. I think with Cooper the way Cup's that the Rams are going to continue to be bad this year, aren't they going to have to throw the ball on. a ton? Whoa, 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 whoa! Continue to be bad, my friend. Have you watched them so far this they season? They have not been frisky as hell. They have been. Can I say that they have been frisky. But I don't think they're good. Do you think they're a good? I think their D is going. I think their D will be exposed more as the year goes on, and that's going to lead to uh, a lot of opportunities to throw the football. Yeah, and that's that's good. I'm just very impressed. I'll say this: I'm super impressed by Sean McVay. I'm super impressed by Matthew Stafford and some of these young contributors. So I'm giving them credit where it's due. The offensive lines played way better than the talent suggests. 
Oh, by the way, Mike Munchak has been working with them since the summer. Mm-hmm. One of the all-time legends as far as offensive line play goes. And there's our offensive line talk for the Fantasy that, Focus there Football There you go. Podcast. All right, let's talk one more player here. Michael Thomas taking on the Green Bay Packers. Mike, Michael Thomas has actually gotten a good amount of volume the first couple of weeks from Derek Carr. Yeah, he's, he's uh, been consistent all the way, tracing back to last season. He has at least five catches in every game this year and last year. And, of course, he only played three games last year and two this right. year. But five-plus catches in all five is interesting. He's been between 49 and 65 yards in all five games. He has at least 11 fantasy points in both games this season, despite not scoring a touchdown, something he did three times in three games last season. And one more number I'll give you, 24% target share. If that sustains going forward, which it could, I mean, that's a low number for him based on what we've seen when he's been healthy in his career. Uh, He's going to be a must start every week. So for now, I have him 30th this week, wide receiver three. Would not be shocked if he jumps into the wide receiver two conversation. I like Michael Thomas this week as well. He just keeps seeing volume. And as long as that continues to happen, I know we, everyone's talking about, and we talk about this every, every, every single week. Rashid Jaheed is so fast. He's so fun the way he can get down mm. the field. He's just not getting the same kind of volume. Mm. Michael Thomas, I think, is an unsexy guy that you can throw in your flex. You don't need to feel as uncomfortable about it as you probably do. By the way, even with Thomas seeing 24% of the targets, Chris Olave is at 33%. That's that unreal. Is, that is top unreal. five sort of potential there. I mean, that's elite usage. If he keeps that up going forward in the thir- or 30 or so percent target share, Alave will finish as a top five fantasy receiver most likely this season. Nobody needs me to tell you about how I feel about my adult son, Chris Olave. That's Obviously, <laughs> maybe the best player in the NFL. I feel like maybe. his start is kind of a little unheralded, kind of under the radar. He hasn't, he hasn't been a great star by any means, but right. the usage suge- suggests it's going to happen. Yeah, eight yep. for 112 in week one, six for 88 in week two. And by the way, that was very that was literally really good, a, a toenail away from being yeah. six for yep. 96 with a it touchdown. It just feels like, I guess my point, he's been good. I just feel like there yeah, hasn't been so really, good. we haven't talked about it. Yeah, like he's it's amazing. Just kind of, yeah. There's so many other storylines, but he's been, yeah. he's been great. All right, we have a ton of running back conversations coming up next. Running back has been a crazy position in mm-hmm. fantasy so far this year. But first, Field Yates, help us pay some bills. I don't actually have the sheet right now, so I'm going to pretend if I can read the entire thing. Geico asks, how would you love to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. Of course you would. You know why? Because with Geico, does anybody have the sheet here somewhere? <laughs> that is anybody? a great question, Field Yates. Uh, and how here, about, how you, about you I do yours first, I'll, I'll do right mine back. first, yeah. and you can grab yours. Hey, college football fans. I'm going to let you in on a little secret that will help you win game days this season. Eckrich smoked sausage. You're probably asking yourself, Daniel, can it really be that easy? Absolutely it is. Eckrich smoked sausage is crafted with a perfect medley of spices for a truly rich, savory taste. They're delicious all by themselves or in any recipe you can dream up. If the word recipe sounds like a lot of work, don't worry. Visit Eckrich.com for multiple, for dozens of simple, mouth-watering recipes, making your tailgating prep a stress-free event. So there you go. Eckrich smoked sausage. It's the secret to winning your game days. You can thank me later. Visit Eckrich.com. For more, Geico asks, "How would you love a chance to save some money on insurance?" I would again. Uh, of course, you would. I'm doing this, by the way. This is entirely off memory. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help, like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more. And Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to Geico.com or contact your local agent today. Shout out to Mike Clay for that. Stealing your live read in the middle of the I show. Took it. I, I mean, like I a little bit to... of like applause for me doing that entirely off memory would have been appreciated. Yeah, seriously, Mike. Yeah, but you, you didn't, though. <laughs> oh, he's calling you out. All right. right. Again, I'm, I'm coming at you. You're going to trash my projections. I'm coming. I'm coming for you. 
<laughs> to right. sabotage your live reads. Let's talk your running lineups. back decisions brought to you by Geico. Switch to Geico. See all the ways that you could save guys as a running no back fantasy None. face off. Okay. Running back fantasy face off. I'm Nick Cage. You guys can be John Travolta. <laughs> We're going to talk Javante Williams and James Cook back and forth here. Field Javante Williams going up a Dolphins running defense that you should be able to get some fantasy points on. Why do you like really? Javante this week? Yeah, uh, like most, fifth most uh, fantasy points so far. The Dolphins have? Yeah, yep. fourth yeah, most I mean, yards. A lot of that came against, touchdown. yeah, and a lot of that came obviously in week one against Austin Eckler. I thought the Dolphins run defense was way more impressive last week against that Patriots offense on Sunday night. So uh, this is a running back showdown Why I have Javante Williams ahead of James Cook. I feel these guys is like pretty darn similar. I've actually mm-hmm. been the one that's been kind of skeptical on Javante Williams start so far. I haven't seen quite the same level of juice. So uh, I'll take Javante Williams, but it is a very, very, very close arrangement here. Yeah, yeah interesting. We, we already talked about James Cook you know, yeah. coming up against the commander, so we don't need to redo that. But I just think that's an interesting conversation because for me, James Cook, I've seen it and it, he looks really mm-hmm. good to me. Javante, We've seen like glimpses and small sample sizes, but we haven't seen him put together a full game that makes us feel super, at least me, makes me feel super excited. Yeah, playing more than I expected in weeks one and two based yep. on the the catastrophic knee injury he had last season. But uh, I didn't like that he played fewer snaps than Samaj P. Ryan last week. He still dominated the carries, but deferred a lot of pass routes and was out targeted. So for me, that knocked Williams down a few spots, enough for me to put Cook one spot ahead. I still feel like both are starters, though. Both are really good spots. Yeah. Yep. All right, let's talk about this. Brian Robinson. Running back three on the season, taking on the Buffalo Bills, mm-hmm. Mike. I like me some Brian Robinson this week. You like yourself Raheem Mostert just a little bit more. Yeah, so- I, I do. They're uh, very similar. A lot of carries. Uh, they're running it well. They're scoring touchdowns on the ground. Mostert actually has, uh, what does he have, three touchdowns so far. I believe Robinson is three as well. He does, yep. Uh, and not getting targets. So only, you know, Robinson is out there more in passing situations than we expected. Antonio Gibson hasn't been a factor, but... He only has five targets so far. That's an 8% share. That's not enough to be an RB1. It's probably enough to be at best, probably a mid-range RB2. And that's kind of where Mostert's been. He's 73% of the snap so far. A ton of carries, only three targets. He's been effective as well. Mostert has just proven that he's been an effective runner at this level, almost five and a half yards per carry in his career. So giving him a slight edge. And by the way, what I feel is a much better offense. I mean, the Miami offense has been outstanding so far. So that's why he gets a slight edge between two guys playing very similar roles. I can't wait to see what happens when Jeff Wilson Jr. returns. Mm Mm-hmm. As early as week five, and as agent reported, uh, excuse me, suggested on TV, Drew Rosen now suggested on TV that it could be week five that Jeff Wilson Jr. is back. It doesn't sound like it'll be much longer than that, if if not week five. So I can't wait to see what happens. Raheem Mostert has earned the right to continue to be the lead back in this backfield. But as we know, this Miami offense has always thrived by relying on multiple backs, and they have been super thin behind Mostert due to injury. Yes. And Devon Chain just not quite being ready to be a big-time contributor for them after that injury in the preseason. Yeah, and by the way, we did see this exact thing play out last year. Moster was the lead guy playing most of the three quarters of the snaps, and they traded for Jeff Wilson, and Wilson kind of had a tiny edge initially. It was basically a split. Neither of the more fantasy options. We might get back to that point, and Devon Achain at some point you would expect to be a factor. He hasn't been so far. Uh, I think they're going to use two or three backs. They can make a trade for all we know. So, uh, But again, for now, I think Mostert is an RB2. Down the road, I'm not as confident. I want to have a big name game conversation around Kyron Williams. Okay. I think this is one really interesting mm-hmm. through two weeks. In spite of the fact that Cam Akers even had more touches than him in week one, we are all in on the Kyron Williams bandwagon. If you yeah. guys are starting him here this week, I want to ask you, Field, 
Are you playing Aaron Jones or Kyron Williams this week? I've got so I'm, you're going to sound shocked when I answer these, but I've got Kyron Williams ranked higher than Aaron Jones, okay. who obviously we don't know if he's going to play, but I've got Kyron Williams ranked a little ahead of him. Aaron Jones. All yes. right, Mike, no, not a little bit, but quite, quite a bit, a bit. higher. Kyron running back five versus running back 13. 13. Mm-hmm. All right. Kyron Williams, Williams or Ken Walker? Ken, uh, Ky- I'm going to say Kyron everybody, I think. Okay. Kyron Williams, <laughs> Kyron Williams or Josh Jacobs? Kyron Williams. I have Kyron Williams ranked ahead of him. Yeah. Kyron, Kyron Williams or Travis Etienne? Kyron, Kyron Williams. Williams. Kyron yeah. Williams or Derek Henry? I have uh, I have a one spot ahead. I have okay, Kyron one spot so ahead. we're we're at yeah. the spot where Kyron Williams is being compared to Derek Henry at least right now in fantasy. Yes, for us. we just yeah. so I let's mean, talk about this. Mm-hmm. He's got twenty nine carries in two games, so fourteen point five per game so far. Like that. He had ten targets in week two. Sure did that. Ten. He's found the end zone four times in two games. No one else has done that. I don't care about the efficiency. Yes, he leads the NFL in touchdown scored so far. I don't care about the efficiency as a runner. He's getting enough volume, both as a runner and a receiver. Mike earlier highlighted how the Bengals have done a good job in terms of limiting receivers so far in fantasy this season. If that's the case, then maybe the Rams, who play the Bengals on Monday night, one of two Monday night games, lean on Kyron Williams once again in the passing game. I know this is going to sound ridiculous when you're comparing Kyron Williams to Josh Jacobs and Derrick Henry. Why'd you just roll your eyes? That's where so, we're at, man. I know that's where yeah. we're at, but like, no, we're I'm not, not rolling like, my eyes. It's, yeah. it's not like this is not a game where like, you know, reputation certainly matters and it definitely influences decision-making a lot, yep. but ultimately the right decisions are often the ones that are less about like what the players done in the past and more about what he's going to do going forward. And we talk about, Hey, don't get cute when starting your lineups. I think that's part of this conversation. Is yeah. it getting cute to start Kyron Williams as an obvious top 10 running back? Yeah. No, I don't think so anymore. So last time when I was prepping, I did a little, little research because I was thinking back to why I was low on Kyron Williams. First of all, at Notre Dame, efficiency was outstanding. I loved him initially when we started the draft process last year. Okay. Then we got to the combine. Mm-hmm. He measured 5'9", 194. So you're under, that's an undersized lead back for sure. And he ran a 4'6", which is a massive red flag. Totally. Guys that are yeah, that slow at that course. size yeah. do not work out. So let's put that aside, aside and just focus on the size because then I'm like, okay, he's under 200 pounds, under under 195. And that is, a, that is a red flag for an RB1 going forward. So I look back to see over the last 20 years, how many running backs score 200 plus PPR points under 195 pounds, uh, which essentially is good enough for a top 20 season. So okay, I was trying to figure out, cutoff yeah, is. it would be like, you know, basically an RB2 at worst. Okay. And the, there's some interesting names on here. Chris, right. Chris Johnson, Ray Rice, uh, Steve Slayton, CJ Spiller, Justin Forsett, Ahmad Bradshaw, Darren Sproles, work done. Philip Lindsay, Deion Lewis, Tariq Cohen. So that's the type of player I think we're dealing with with the Kyron Williams. That does not scream, with a very few exceptions like Rice or, or Johnson, yep. that doesn't scream elite fantasy nope. running back. It, it screams probably like a fringe RB1 or maybe a mid-range RB2. It, it does <sighs> also concern me a little bit. Just, I mean, maybe over the course of multiple seasons, but I'm worried about like just week three for right now, right? <laughs> Okay, but we're talking, well, fair, I guess. But we're we're talking about week three. And the first guy, there's one name that concerned me the most out of those players that you asked, and that was Derrick Henry, right? But let's go case by case. Aaron Jones has, is going to, he might not even lead his team in carries this week, right? That could be A.J. Dillon, assuming that Aaron Jones plays. Josh Jacobs had negative two rushing yards last last week. Negative, the offensive line can't block for anybody. Correct. Derrick Henry is, that's a totally reasonable case right there. I mean, Take it on Cleveland, by the way, it's a good rush defense. Uh, but the, and but Derrick Henry is probably going to have you know twenty touches this week. Like, yeah. 
You could convince me either way here. To me, it's less about like the sticker shock of having Kyron Williams ranked ahead of guys that you know are really, really good players, and more about that, like, yes, right now, based off how he's been utilized in the one game without Cam Akers, and there's no next man up. It's not like the Rams have some other back who's now available that's going to play a much more prominent role. We got elite fantasy usage. Elite. If you added Kyron Williams off of waivers, I don't care if he's a great player, an okay player, a bad player. The elite usage is good enough to make him a must start in week three. Yeah, it is right now. I think I maybe jumped the gun getting to our next segment, which we're about to get to, okay. uh, kind of getting into that detail on what we think about these guys long term. I have him RB5 this week, so I agree with you for now. We're viewing him as an RB1. It would not surprise me, though, if there's a little change here, efficiency drops off. His of course, it'll drop off yeah. going forward. I would yep. just, it's just something to keep in mind. I think people are wondering that. Like, yeah. just no, same, I agree. Same thing with Nakua. What is this guy's value the rest of the season? So let me ask you that rather than wait for the next segment, let's just do this because we're already here having this conversation. Are you thinking that with Kyron Williams and the kind of usage that he's getting in this offense and all the things that you just laid out, Mm -hmm. are you trying to say now might be not a bad time for you to look at moving Kyron if you don't need a running back? Because running back is thin right now. Like, is this a time where you want to try to sell high on a guy? Or are you saying, hey, just be aware that these are some of the things that you might have to deal with if you roster him over a full season? I would be okay with selling high on him for another running back. Yeah, Where I would get nervous, though, is selling any useful running back mm-hmm. for a wide receiver or tight end. I guess a tight end would be reasonable Running as back well. is so thin. That's what's right. tough about it. It's just so it. thin that if you can get Kyron Williams for a fellow back, that's fine. But what fellow back are you right. getting but for? Like, but I just don't know if I want to be trading Kyron Williams for like a usable wide receiver when I probably already have enough depth at wide receiver to make it worthwhile. And we've got mm-hmm. guys that are struggling, like Josh Jacobs, that we think is a better running back. But like, I'm not going to try to trade Kyron Williams for Josh Jacobs right now. That's, like, yeah, it's a tough yeah, it's close, yeah. yeah. It's close, yeah. Aaron Jones, like, I get it. Pretty close, I yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can have those conversations. You just don't know. I mean, you could be getting Jones for fifteen more games. You could be getting Jones for twelve more games. We don't mm-hmm. know that this hamstring injury. A, we don't know what the timeline is to return. B, these things tend to linger, right? Yeah. So that could incur some risk. By there. the way, the, the the Rams absolutely have another running back in that running back room. They just don't want to play him. They don't want no, Cam Akers. I'd be surprised if he's even a Ram by the weekend. I mean, yeah, maybe, I okay. but I, I'd be stunned if he's on the field active on Monday night. Stunned. Yeah, the odds of him playing for the Rams again, by the way, are pretty much zero. Yeah, that, I mean, based on the comments for Sean McVay, it's, yep. yeah, it's done. Yeah. All right, so let's talk about some replacement running backs to close out this show. Obviously, Jerome Ford, we started the show with it, Field. He is going to be one of the most utilized running backs as a replacement here in fantasy this week for Nick Chubb. Yeah, again, I have him as RB18 this week because they put the Titans the gnarliest run defense in the NFL. I think that number will be a lot closer to 10 most weeks, assuming that he has the role that I forecast for him right now. Mike, let's talk about Jameer Gibbs. Obviously, no David Montgomery. Going to be out for potentially a couple weeks with a thigh injury. Taken on Atlanta. I know we all want Jameer Gibbs just to get 20 touches in this Rams offense. I'm not sure that Detroit wants mm-hmm. to give him that kind of a workload yet. Did you just call them the Rams? The Rams offense? I don't know what I was thinking. As soon as I said it, I heard it in my he head. Already like, wow. He already traded. Uh, Daniel confirmed Packers fan, by the way. Can't even say your own team's name uh, right. K-Makers for Jameer Gibbs trade. It'd be terrible. So <laughs> what are you doing with Jameer Gibbs? First two weeks, if you utilized him, he didn't really pay off the way that you wanted, but now it should be really good usage here. Yeah, we're all at RB10 this week. That's how I feel about him. I'm not worried really at all. I think he's going to be in the 8 to 12 carry range. And okay. right now, with David Montgomery playing a game and a half, Jameer Gibbs is second at running back in targets and catches. Yep. He's already getting a ton of passing down work and nine targets last week. The carries inevitably will go up. I, 
I don't think they're just going to give him four carries and give the rest to Zonovan Knight and Craig Reynolds. I don't think they're going to Bam! Do that. I think they'll be involved, but I think uh, Gibbs is going to see an uptick. You have to call him Bam, but we have to say it yeah. like Bam. emphatically. Bam! Bam Knight. Knight. Yeah. It's really um, all right. So then what about, we did this last week. I did not want to start Zach Moss. I just want to be honest. After watching Colts running backs in week one, I didn't have great feelings about it. Then Zach Moss came in, made me look like an idiot. Actually looked really nice in week two. Are you rolling the dice on him again here in week three? I'm rolling the dice on Zach Moss again in week three. They play the Ravens. It's a tough defense, obviously, but I've got him as a top 20 back because he played all but two snaps last week. All but one. One snap, excuse me. Whoa. How many? 55 snaps. Thank you. 55 out of 56 snaps last week. That is ridiculous. Now, is it likely to sustain? We'll see. It's hard to expect any back to play all but one Mm -hmm. snap in a given game. Um, But one thing that's clear, he is the lead back right now for this Colts offense. And regardless of who is the quarterback, I don't think it changes dramatically the opportunity here for Zach Moss. So Zach Moss, quietly a top 20 play for me this week. By the way, he has some pedigree. He was a player we all liked coming Love out of him. Utah, right? He was a third-round pick. This is not some player that emerged out of nowhere, right? Mike gave you some of the indicators on Kyron Williams, right? Smaller guy, not a particularly fast guy. Like Zach Moss, by all accounts, had the chance to become a legitimate feature back in the NFL. Now he's getting that chance. Yeah, did not work out in Buffalo. And I forgot about this, but last year he got some run with the Colts when Taylor was out. He averaged 4.9 yards per carry on yeah. almost 100 carries. Not That's a huge good. sample size, but... He's playing better since getting to Indianapolis. So yep. there could be something here, uh, at least for the next couple of weeks. Obviously, totally. if Taylor stays on this team and returns in week five, we'll Moss have will be irrelevant. But, yeah. yeah. Uh, we already talked about, talked about Kyron Williams. Yep. We'll revisit Pass. him at the end of this. Joshua Kelly. Holy cow. If you started Joshua Kelly over, not over Austin Eckler, but in place of Austin Eckler, you were expecting a little bit more than what you got. Are you going back to him here in week three, knowing how bad week two Titans was? Titans Rundy got him. Yeah. yeah, the Titans Rundy definitely got him. Uh, the role was certainly, uh, very, it was good enough, right? Yeah, 78% um, of the snaps, yeah, yeah. Good enough, but uh, I just, I think the player is just average talent-wise. Mm-hmm. I'm not convinced he's a particularly great running back, so while it's a much better spot here against Minnesota, if Austin Eckler is out, and we have no idea whether he's even going to practice today or not, I would have Josh Kelly as like borderline, I don't know, like running back 30, maybe. Really? I'll be higher. I'll yeah. be I'll be uh probably low twenties. Uh I'm I'm okay with it. He had 13 carries compared to five for their other running backs. He had uh only one target in the game, two for the other running backs. Yeah. A part of it was just that they were throwing the ball. It was a competitive game. The Titans run D is so good. He was cl- he played almost eighty percent of the snaps. If that happens again in this offense, he's yeah. going to be fine. So uh, I'll be yeah, thirty for me. You want to board bet him? No, we, I guess we can't unless Austin Eckler is we out. Can. Yeah, okay. We'll we Flag yeah. that one. Remind me somebody. Friday, Josh Kelly board bet. All right, we got one more guy here, Kendra Miller. Schefter reporting he's going to need some time to recover from an injury here. Field. Uh, I believe that was Jamal in reference Williams. to Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams, who has a hamstring injury, is going to need some time Monday night. So Kendra Miller, who was not active on Monday night. Could be set for his season debut in week three. Uh, it sounds like he will be ready for that season debut Would you in week three. start him as a season debut and for your fantasy lineup? I mean, there's really not that much else you can do in New Orleans right now. Here's what I expect. Kendra Miller, I think, will play. Yes. I wouldn't be surprised if he starts. I wouldn't be surprised if he has 60% of the running back carries. I also wouldn't be surprised if Tony Jones is yes. brought back up from the practice squad one more time. And... 
laugh if you want. Taysom, Taysom Hill. Hill, baby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's going to play. And while I don't Taysom ever want to laugh at that. I want to cry when you mention no, Taysom, you know, Hill, Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill is a quarterback. That's a, a ridiculous experiment, I right? But Taysom Hill is a wild card. He is. He's a freaking good runner. He really man. is. Like, he's, he's a, a super he's effective. effective, efficient runner. When you get when he actually gets the ball in like reasonable opportunities, so I think it'll be a kind of a three man committee, Agreed. rather than one person taking on a prominent role. Taysom Hill is useless for us, and like not in, 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 in fantasy. NFL. Yeah, in of fantasy, course. He yeah. just all he does I mean, is maybe take not value this week. Other week other maybe people. not this week as a tight end in our game. You might get some use out of Taysom Hill this week. Yep, I have it projected as a three-headed attack. I think yeah. all three guys play. Uh, Miller, if I had to pick one to start a running back, would be the guy, but I don't want to touch him this week. And it's unfortunate because he is out there in waivers. It'd be a fun guy to have stash, and you still could do that. Don't get me wrong. And to binge stash, fine. But we're one week away from Alvin Kamara coming back, Alvin and we know Kamara. he'll be the lead yeah. guy. Yes, indeed. All right, so let's rank these guys for the rest of the season because we've got we've, we're talking about them here in week three. But when you're looking at these guys, there's only a few of them that I feel like stand out to me mm-hmm. as I want to have them for the entire season. Okay, let's do it. Who do you want number one? Kyron Williams? It's either going to be Kyron Williams or Jameer Gibbs for me. Okay. Yeah, or Jerome Gibbs. Ford. Uh, like all th- Those are the three. Those are the I have three. Gibbs higher just buying in on the talent. Me too. Yeah. I'm buying in on Jameer first. Gibbs, the talent. It's just way too good. And if he ends up... If he, if he chews up seven targets a game, which may sound like a lofty number, but the guy's one of the best pass catching backs in the NFL, mm-hmm. he could crush. I would go with uh, Jerome Ford next. Me too, because of that I've, offensive I've line. I have Kyron second. Okay. So then it's, and then to me, it's Kyron Williams. So it's okay. one, yeah. two, three, next tier. And then I think everybody else is really, it's like you're not worried about the full season value. You're worried about what kind of value they can bring you in a pocket of games. Zach Moss would probably be the next one for me only because mm-hmm. at some point we do expect Austin Eckler back, hopefully some point very soon. Yep. And then Alvin Kamara comes back next week. Whereas Zach Moss, I don't know if Jonathan sure. Taylor's out till week eight, that wouldn't totally stun me. Nope. Mm-hmm. No, that's, I'm totally with you on that. And I think that's where, when you're looking at this, it seems obvious to me. I just want the talent of Jameer Gibbs. I love both of these guys. I think those three are just the obvious top three replacement backs within fantasy that have season long value. Yeah. I'd go Gibbs, Williams, Ford, then Moss. Cause you're getting more out of him short term uh, than yep. Miller. And then I would go Kelly last, I guess, but. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, look, if Alan Kamara comes back and isn't the same guy or he struggles with injuries, Kendra Miller could be super productive in fantasy this season. Uh, the one reservation there is it's not just Kamara. It's Jamal Williams back at some point as well. He has a path to go to be the lead guy, but very interesting hold in keeper and dynasty because he could be atop that depth chart in 2024. Sure. Possible. Totally agree. Yep. All right. We got one last thing to go through and it's our panic at the fantasy disco guys. It's week yeah, three. Yeah. We can good be pretty band, quick about right? this. A very good band okay. band I have heard of. Kyle Pitts, Field Yates, are you panicked or are you past whatever panicked is at this point? Yeah, I'm past panicked. Like I already like, uh, yeah. you know, I'm I'm just I'm so more than anything, I'm just frustrated. Yep. I'm just disappointed. Right. Uh, the leg that the Falcons have to stand on right now is that they're two and zero. Yep. Uh, they could be three and zero after this week, and it wouldn't totally shock me. Right. Uh, this team is going to be legitimately competitive in the division that it plays in. They've got a superstar talent in Bijan Robinson that is already mashing and will continue to do so. Yep. I would love to see more of Kyle Pitts, but two plus seasons in, I have very little reason to believe that we're going to see much more than we have seen so far this year. I feel like we need like a scale for these segments, right? Like uh, I would say Kyle Pitts um, is 
I would say four and a half dumpster fires. Four and a half. Uh, out of four five. and a half dumpster fires. Yeah, I don't know out of how many, but I'll say four and a half. Yeah, yeah we'll say four and a half out of five dumpster fires. I Very might concerned. Be four and a half out of four for me. <laughs> like he's four and a half out of four. Yeah, the, the dumpster fire is spread to another area of dumpster fires. That's how nervous I am <laughs> about so many Kyle Pitts <laughs> spreading across town. Into the only <laughs> reason why it's not whatever the maximum number of dumpster fires is. He's twenty-two. No, it's not even that. It's that like who are you going to replace Kyle Pitts with? That's yeah. the big problem. Is that you can tell me like go drop him. Hunter Henry. There are yeah, Sam no, I, yeah, there okay. Are, there I, are some yeah. re- reasonable answers, but like, like fifteen for borderline tight yes. ones. Yeah. I was gonna say, like, if you told me that on Sunday, like Hunter Henry had two catches for twelve yards, would you be surprised? No, I would think all. you were reading me Kyle Pitt's stat line. Actually, is what I thought. <laughs> Correct. To be honest. I'm just saying, yes. I'm just saying, like these guys are all good players. <laughs> yeah, that's but fair. like, are you sure that the role is going to be significant every single week? I just don't know the answer. Mike, panic at the disco on Khalil Herbert or not? Um, I would say. Four, uh, you know what? I'll say three out of five uh, moldy oh, wheat breads. Okay, okay. We're going to change it every well, time. Yeah, huh? We need different scales for different improv, players. Uh, here's improv. the thing with Herbert wasn't really drafted to be a starter. So right. what are you panicking say, on? I'm I mean, not panicked at expected. all because what do we yeah. talk about all off season? This is a stay away backfield. You yeah. want a committee? Good. Go for uh, it. I would Sweet. say I'm excited for Roshan Johnson because yes. Deontay Foreman mm. already a healthy scratch. Johnson eating Correct. into that workload. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's fresh wheat bread. Yes, that's what that is. Five out of five fresh wheat bread. You're so ridiculous. All right, we got one more field. Deshaun Watson feels so not fun to start in fantasy. He has looked awful the first two weeks. I waited on him in a bunch of leagues and grabbed him as the last guy of my starting tier, and I kind of regret a bunch of it. That's where I'm at, too. Panic, you know why? Because we're eight games into this Cleveland Browns career for Deshaun Deshaun Watson, and he can't get the job done with his arm right now. It hasn't been like just the weather, hasn't been just the matchups. Like he has legitimately not looked nearly like the player he was as a thrower in Houston. Yeah. yeah. Panicked for sure. Yeah. Throwing doesn't look good. Efficiency's been atrocious. I will give this uh four four seconds of grasping the face mask of the other player. Oh, the other five player. Seconds. oh yeah. that was a good callback right there. I like that one. That's a good one. I'm gonna see if I can find this right now. Let me give give me a second to see if I can pull this up. I'm gonna try to find Deshaun Watson's highest was- weekly finish. Well, he's becoming a Brown. He had QB six in week one. I think he had a strong couple games late last season. Last week, he, I'll say this in his defense. He's played Cincinnati uh, in poor weather. He's played Pittsburgh. Yes, Tennessee this week. Yeah, Tennessee yeah, should be able to throw, throw more, on, right? Get, yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Mm. Uh, but he's been really aggressive more so than he, mo- most since his rookie season in terms yeah. of po- forcing the ball downfield. He's been really inaccurate, though. Some of the throws, I'm like, man, I, not even close, not even catchable. Sure. Yeah. I, way too many of those. It's not been great. All right, that's going to close it out for us today, guys. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. We're going to be back on Thursday. Just Field and I making our way through a Thursday night football preview and a bunch of other rankings and potential a couple more previews for tomorrow. Mm -hmm. We love you guys. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Don't forget to love each other. Be kind to yourself, and we will be back with you tomorrow. See ya! Any more scales for me? We got dumpster fires, moldy breads. Yeah, I got to think of a couple more here. Face mask grasps was one of them. I think uh, how many? I'm going to do it like uh, five leaf blowers before 9 a.m. in the morning. Okay, that's a good one. You know what I mean? Uh, Why do we do that? There should be noise ordinance rules. Leaf blowers are the worst. You're an old man. If you need a stick of tide, Field is your guy. If you're in Bristol or in Farmington, you should find another ride. Candidly, he hates Mike Clay, and you know that it's a fact. Every hater's gonna hate. 
tomato who's got the stats and tweets that'll make you laugh. He's our favorite host and everybody knows his name. He's Phil.